who isn't going to be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Now we need to find out who is going to be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, both out. Are the Colts better off for not making a deal for either? Let's talk about that. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. They do great work. They do it at a price. You can trust the work. You can trust the price that they quote. All right. Hit subscribe, hit like, ring the bell, let's go. Let's talk about the Colts and let's talk about the quarterback position. And then we'll talk about other positions. All right, Aaron Rodgers says he's returning to Green Bay. What he also says is that the reports of four years, $200 million, those are erroneous. He also says that he has not signed the deal yet, but he says that he is returning. All right, it's got to be in the neighborhood of four years, $200 million, right? It's got to be in that neighborhood. Maybe it's not exactly the case, but we know that Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. He's not going to play for for you know less than he's he's played for in the past. Russell Wilson, and we'll talk more about Rodgers in a second and his return to Green Bay. Uh, Devontae Adams coming back to Green Bay as well. He's been franchised. However, that's a prelude to an extension that's going to make him. More affordable in the short term because the Packers are way over the cap and they got to figure that out. Or it's going to be Aaron Rodgers running for his life between or behind a bunch of rookies and throwing it to Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys he's never heard of. So there's that. The Russell Wilson trade is really, really interesting. One of the things that the Colts wanted to get done, they would have liked to have traded for Russell Wilson. But as is the case periodically, they didn't come up with the, uh, the assets necessary to pull that trade off. The Broncos did. They are sending uh, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, the tight end, 68 catches, 670 yards this past season. 68 catches led the Broncos, by the way. Uh, defensive end Shelby Harris, he's 30 years old, six sacks, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, a fifth rounder, and then a fourth conveys in the other direction from, uh, from the Seahawks to the Broncos. So you're out two firsts, two seconds, a backup quarterback who was at least penciled in as your starter because Teddy Bridgewater is being allowed to become a free agent. And, and what do you get? You get Russell Wilson at the age of 33 coming off the first season in his career where he didn't start every single game. And he wound up in games he started, the Seahawks wound up 6-8. and eight. So you, the good news is you got Russell Wilson. You need an elite-level quarterback to be able to compete in the AFC. And Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are not it. So they went out and got Russell Wilson who's the best quarterback available on the market, on the trade market, because Aaron Rodgers was never going to be traded from the Packers to anyone. Okay, but you gave up a lot, and you're going to give up a lot in cap space. This this deal, while it gives you the asset that you need to compete, it also strips assets that you're also going to need to compete. And this is the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. When you pay a guy, let's say that the cap number is somewhere in the $45 to $50 million this year. 
The cap overall is $208.2 million. It's about 25% on one guy. Then you got Devontae Adams, who's going to cost a significant amount of money against the cap. How do you cobble together with the money you have left under this hard cap? This is not, uh, again, to reiterate the difference between like the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL. The NFL's got a hard cap. You can manipulate money a little bit to like, you know, have have cash go against the cap in future years with bonuses and whatnot, right? However, the bill comes due. With the NBA, you know what? You can spend and spend and spend in in a variety of ways, not every single way, and go into the luxury tax and pay toward the luxury tax. In Major League Baseball, you've also got a luxury tax. So those are soft caps. You cannot violate the NFL salary cap. You just can't. And so the teams, that's what makes the offseason so damn interesting every single year, is you've got teams who are, like the Rams, spending now, committing assets, future assets, then to grab assets that work for you right now. So you send draft picks, and the draft picks they, they work in a variety of ways. Number one, they are cheap, right? You draft a first-round guy, and he pops like Jonathan Taylor is a great value for the Indianapolis Colts because he's in his rookie deal, right? Quentin Nelson has been a value for the Colts until this upcoming season when he's going to count 13.7 against the cap in this year where he got his qualifying offer, right? So rookie deals are fuel. If you look at this from a Moneyball perspective, which is just going to make my head explode because the NFL really doesn't kind of work that way. These are not in, in a sport like baseball. Baseball is a play-by-play negotiation between two players. You got a pitcher, you got a hitter. That's what you got. Hitter gets on base, it's good, right? That That's kind of the premise of Moneyball. Runs are good. Getting on base causes runs. In football, here's the thing with Carson Wentz that's interesting. All right, Carson, a lot of people are saying, hey, the Colts offensive line, a train wreck. Guys were ranked, you know, 27th. Guys were blah, 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 blah. All that crap. Well, listen, quarterback, same thing with the weapons. Who do you have to throw to? He's thrown to Michael Pittman and Jack Doyle, for God's sake. Zach Pascal, what? He's a journeyman. What are we doing? You know what? And that's all true. But all of these positions are intermingled, all right, or commingled. You've got the quarterback who relies upon the offensive line. But at the same time, the offensive line relies upon the quarterback, right? If the quarterback is scheduled to take a five-step drop, That determines where the offensive linemen kind of set the edge and how they block. If it's seven yards, it's completely different. The pocket's different. If it's three yards, one, two, three, out, it's a different thing, right? Now, if Wentz, instead of three, goes five, or instead of five, goes seven, or instead of seven, goes three, or he holds onto the ball too long, your offensive line is going to be exposed. Not because they aren't very good, but because nobody can hold a block for four and a half seconds. That's why, in a lot of cases, you've got a quarterback causing disrepute to be visited upon the offensive line. 
That's the way this works. That's not vague. It's just not statistically driven analysis. That's the difference. So, like, you need not just a quarterback in Russell Wilson. You need an offensive line to protect Russell Wilson. You need wide receivers and a tight end and a back for him to throw to in order for him to bring value. If you're spending all of your money on Russell Wilson and you've given up draft picks that could have been used on offensive linemen or weaponry at a cheap number, then you have to go into your pocket and you have to pay veterans to come in to do that stuff. And then all of a sudden your offense is wacky expensive and your defense, you don't have a defense because you can't. You don't have the money to spend on the defense. That's where things get really, really complicated with the salary cap and and why going out and getting Russell Wilson for draft picks is a real crapshoot, and that's why the Colts didn't do it, and that's why the Colts won't do it. Chris Ballard, and he's said this a million times, so we'll just take him at his word, all right? Chris Ballard is never, ever going to operate out of panic. Whether he's got the short stack or the tall stack, he's going to play his game. And his game is building from the inside out. And his game is is not necessarily allocating huge kind of assets toward the wide receiver position. Might he, at 47, take a wide receiver in the first round? Yes, I think he will. Where are you going to get a left tackle? Is it going to be Eric Fisher? Do you feel better about Eric Fisher? Where... Are you going to get another wide receiver? Where are you going to get a tight end or two? Mike Kosicki was franchised. At any rate, that's what makes it so fascinating about the NFL, the interrelationship between the positions and the position groups, the expense being allocated to all of them. Really, really interesting, right? Because you got $208 million. And if the Packers are going to pay Rodgers 50-ish and uh, Russell Wilson is going to command whatever he's going to command at, at Denver and then also cost Denver cheap but valuable employees, at least four of them, right? Two firsts, two seconds. You project those guys as starters. That's four starters gone who would have not counted uh, adversely against the cap in order to get a 33-year-old quarterback who finished last year 6-8. and eight. It's fascinating. And what are the Colts going to do? Mike Kosicki was franchised today by the Miami Dolphins. Mike Williams uh, signed an extension, three years, $60 million with the Chargers. You've had God, uh, Chris Godwin from the Bucks franchised. All right, Godwin looked like a guy that maybe the Colts could get on the cheap, right, because of the ACL tear that he suffered toward the end of the last season for the Bucs. Not so. The, the Bucs signing him to, or committing the franchise tag to him and likely to be a prelude to an extension for Chris Godwin. We'll see what happens. But the Colts, where are they going to fill these holes? That's the thing. And if, if Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, and Jimmer say have their little meeting, and they discuss Carson Wentz, and Ursay is intractable and says, "You got to." I'm, I'm telling you, I own the team, and I'm not going to own a team that's quarterbacked by this guy. 
It would take him two and a half hours to say that, by the way. There'd be a lot of stories and at least three references to Hunter S. Thompson. However, he would say it, communicate it, and then what does Chris Ballard do? Make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Maybe. But Jimmy Garoppolo is having shoulder surgery or he's already had shoulder surgery. And that's going to keep him out until at least the beginning of July. So how is he going to get the reps with the receivers needed to be able to build the timing that everybody talks about, Reich talks about? And in the meantime, Reich keeps coming out and saying things about Carson Wentz and how he believes in Carson Wentz. Based upon what? I don't get it. Is he hoping again? Hoping that Wentz can turn the corner and uh, make the right plays instead of avoiding the wrong plays? We're going to find out. It's fascinating. The NFL offseason is the best part of what happened, what, 30-some years ago when uh, the collective, the union was goners, right? And the NFL did what they wanted in installing that hard cap. The hard cap is genius. It makes the offseason just riveting to fans. And, and that's fantastic. Um, all right, what else happened today? Uh, the Browns franchise, David Nyoku. Uh, he, of course, a tight end. The Chiefs franchise, Orlando Brown. What will the Colts do? Hard to find left tackles, tight ends, and wide receivers, and that's why a gob of these guys are being franchised. Uh, Ballard rarely screws up, and he never panics. What he will do is he'll take a fire in a guy in the back half of the second round. Right, Ben Banigan. Right, Kamoko Turek. Paris Camp, right? Uh, Taekwon Lewis, 64th overall, right? That's what he'll do. He'll take a flyer on these guys and hope it pays off. And I like that as a strategy. Because if you don't do that, where the hell are you going to get dynamic players? If you go for a high uh, floor, low ceiling guy, you're going to get a guy who's barely a starter in the back half of the second round. If you go after a guy who's high ceiling, low floor, you're going to have busts. But every once in a while, you're going to get value, huge value. And that can be the thing that propels you into a championship contender. We'll see what they do. Um, Cavs, Pacers tonight. Yeah, Robinson, uh, it, which Robinson? Cam Robinson has been franchised by the Jaguars again as a left tackle. If you're talking about Allen Robinson, the bidding has just gone way up because of the extension for Williams and the franchise tag for Godwin. Because where are you going to go get an A receiver as a free agent with those two guys off the market? That's the question. Maybe the Colts get it done. We'll see. Uh, Like I said, Pacers, Cavs tonight at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and then tomorrow the Big East tournament starts, at least for the Butler Bulldogs, taking on Xavier and Paul Scruggs who I think has been playing college basketball for uh, the last decade and a half. I sent my my nephew some sidewalk chalk. He is a student at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And I said, Tate, what you got to do with the sidewalk chalk is outside where Brad Davison lives, write, please graduate. Get the hell out of Madison. You need to do it. I sent him some other stuff. I said, you can use the other stuff as long as you use the sidewalk chalk to communicate a message to Brad Davison that his time as a college basketball player is going to be up. Let's go. All right. 
O.J. Howard, look, Zach Ertz is 32. O.J. Howard, what did he catch, 14 balls last year or something? What are we doing? What are we talking about? I guess he's better than what we got. Just don't bring back Eric Ebron, all right? Do not do that under any circumstance. There have been two guys in the history of me being in that locker room during media availabilities that I flat did not like. Eric Ebron is at the top of the list. He is number one among guys I didn't care for there. So there you go. That, that's purely personal, but it's for 